Welcome back, everyone, to episode 85 of the Popcorn Podcast. I'm Tommy Cresta, alongside me, my co-host, Ryan Ferran. And today we're here to talk about Ant-Man the Wasp Mania. And uh, yeah, this is, what is it, today's Friday? Yeah, happy yeah. Friday, everyone. Friday. This is, it is February 17th at the time of the recording. And uh, yeah, Ryan, how was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. You know, classes actually weren't too bad this week. I had a pretty late week. A lot of my teachers are out, suddenly. Hmm. I had like four classes get canceled this week. It was really nice. Must have been nice. It was, yeah. Your week's been shit. My week has been shit. I got <laughs> surgery on Tuesday. I'm actually in a half cast up to my knee right now during this recording on crutches. It's not very fun. Yeah. We've been playing Warzone at least. Warzone Resurgence came out. So Warzone been, has been So nice. it's been something nice to do. Yeah. But uh, what else? Yeah, a couple of my classes have been canceled as well, so I haven't been missing too much. But I'm just excited because we go on our trip in two and a half weeks. Yeah, that that's like that's like pushing me through all this right now. That will be fun. Except all my teachers were like, "Hey, spring break's coming up. Here's your midterms right before." I'm like, fuck, I gotta get so much. Work I don't have any midterms. Really? Just finals. I have like two projects, a test, an essay. That's a rough. That's a I rough got a lot month. of work to get done. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but uh. We are not here to talk about school or Call of Duty. We're here to talk about Ant Man Three: Quantum Mania. And uh, what do you do? You want to want to give your thoughts first? Yeah, I mean, just off the bat, it was it was all right. You know, it was another one of the Marvel movies that was just okay. I think it was better than Love and Thunder, which is kind of the most recent stinker, pretty much. Because Love and Thunder, and then Wakanda kind of Forever, right? Were the last two, I think. Yeah. And Wakanda Forever was great, but Love and Thunder wasn't. It was, you know, terrible, trash. See, I, I, I still don't think it's tier terrible of the MCU. Yeah, it's it wasn't good at all. But this one was better than that. But it still wasn't as good as I hoped it would be at all. Yeah, no, I agree. I think out of the last four Marvel movies that have come out, I've only thought one was good. Yeah, because I didn't like Doctor Strange. I didn't like Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. I loved Wakanda Forever. Yeah, and I did not like this. Yeah, I think I've had a better track record with Marvel so far because I did like Doctor Strange. Yeah. I liked Thor more than you. Still didn't love it, but you know I enjoyed it more than I think most people. And then, yeah, Wakanda Forever was great. I think everybody agrees on that. And this one was just fine. It was a good starting place for Phase Five in terms of it set up. The, where Marvel's going from here on out, but I just wish it was a better movie. And I think that's just the effects were better than they've been. I, they, think. I, I would give, I did give them credit to that. I felt yeah. like the effects were much better than the last phase was. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially like in the beginning, you could tell they focused on more towards the end of the final battle because obviously it's Ant Man and they're in the quantum realm. So there's a lot of CGI they got to do. So they really pushed everything in the end. It's kind of rough in the beginning, but it does get better throughout the movie. But I think the the main negative of this movie is just the script. It wasn't good. Yeah, Jeff uh, Jeff Loveness wrote it, and he's actually writing Kang Dynasty. Is he? Which is not giving me, not <laughs> no. making me feel much better. I don't get why you just don't bring the Russos back. I don't get just it. Just make man. them do the last two. I mean, just at least hire somebody else. Like all due respect to the guy, it's just not working out. I'm sure he can be a good writer, but maybe it's just Marvel isn't for him, you know? I'm going to pull up his filmography. Yeah, I think with the script, it's just, 
it was just weak. There wasn't anything special about this script. Everything that was entertaining in this movie was just through the action. And, you know, it was maybe funnier than some of the other ones. I got a few chuckles out of this movie, but still most of the jokes didn't land for me. I think, I don't know. It was just weird things too. Like I told you at the end, Cassie calls Hank Pym grandpa Mm -hmm. and uncle Hank in like a two minute span. And there's a lot of scenes throughout it where you can tell they definitely filmed something else and then went back to reshoot it. And it was kind of like just a few continuity things that you were like, they shouldn't be there right now, but it was nothing that ruined the movie. It was just little things that just, I don't know. It just didn't, it wasn't good, you know? Yeah, no. And uh, I looked up Jeff Loveness's IMDb. Mm-hmm. He is well, he won an Emmy for Hero Jimmy Kimmel. He was one of the writers. Gotcha. And he also wrote an episode of Rick and Morty. That's it. That's all he's ever done. That's it? Yeah. And I get like Marvel's getting a lot better with giving people opportunities to yeah. do stuff. Which is great. I love, you know, bring in more people, get some new ideas, but make sure they know what they're doing. Yeah. If those ideas aren't working out, you just got to go a different direction. It, it, people aren't happy. And yeah, you're still going to make money because you're Marvel. But at the same time, if if this new saga fails, then if they go for another one after this, it's not going to be the same. I don't if this saga fails, it will be the downfall of Marvel, of the I agree. MCU. Yeah. Because, like, in, the Infinity Saga is huge. Yeah. This is a bigger story to tell than. Yeah, I agree. And they're also giving it a lot less time. Like, the Infinity Saga was over, what, 11, 12 years? 12 years. Yeah. And this is over five or six? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But I do have a positive. So. When I'm watching a Marvel movie, I never notice like cinematography. Like yeah. I just feel like it's not as prominent because a lot of it's CGI, which I know that yeah. cinematography is still a thing. But I will say, Bill Pope did a great job because some of those shots, yeah, of like the quantum realm mm-hmm. were really good, yeah. and I thought that he did a really good job with that. I agree with that, and they also used the volume for this. Yeah, and it that wasn't the volume just looks better. Yeah, it's also it gives them a chance to save CGI on the characters because there are a lot of CG characters you can see it in the trailers and everything. So, you know making the background just a screen, I'm sure it saved a lot of money, first off, but also time for the artist to, you know, dial in with the characters, which I think the full CGI characters look pretty good in this movie. Yeah, no, I, I thought this was probably the best CGI in a while. Yeah. Because I Definitely. think this CGI was still better than Wakanda Forever's, which it was more minimum. Mm-hmm. Minimum, yeah, minimum. But the shots underwater, I didn't think looked great. Yeah. What kind of, I thought the majority of this movie looked really good. Yeah, I agree. But I wouldn't that yeah, what we said, that's not why we're having an issue with this movie. The issues with me were the characters. Like the acting was good, I just didn't care for a lot of it. Yeah. And I I get that they want to always have like a weird creature now, whenever they do like dimension stuff. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars, that's Star Wars' thing. Let Star Wars do the little yeah. creatures. That's fun. They're just trying so hard, and it's ruining the tone of the movie. Yeah, I agree. This movie definitely, like, we leaned over to each other and went, like, those are just Tusken Raiders. Like, this whole movie was super inspired by Star Wars to a point where they really didn't try to hide it at some points. Yeah, they didn't try and hide it at all. Yeah. It, uh, but going into the actual reviews of the movie so far, it has a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 48% critic score on Tomatoes with 84% audience score. Has a fifty percent on Metacritic and then eighty five on Google. Do you want to give your score? And I'll do mine. Yeah, I think, I think I'll give it like a sixty three. 
I'm giving it a, a flat 60. Like, I had it at 58 last night. Mm-hmm. But I think it was that fine. Jonathan Major's performance was good enough for me to put it at a 60. Yeah, the final battle saves this movie. I think we both said it. The beginning, the first 15, 20 minutes are terrible. It's really not good. But as the movie gets on, it does get better. But it never gets better enough to be a good movie. No, this movie had so much potential. Potential. Yeah. And it just didn't. It just didn't take any of its... I feel like it needed to take more chances. This felt very safe for being this sci-fi epic. Yeah, I agree. And I said this to you yesterday. I've never seen a movie that feels like it needs more runtime, but at the same time could have cut so much. Yeah. And that's that's a huge thing. Like Every movie you can only be like, oh, you could cut a scene or two. This mm-hmm. felt like you could have cut 40 minutes, Yeah, but it also needed another hour. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because it felt like... Yeah, we're learning about Kang, and we got we did learn a bit about him. Yeah, I think we learned a good bit. I think it for people who don't know who Kang is, I think this movie did set him up pretty well. Yeah, but then I felt like Cassandra Lang, uh, Catherine Newton. Yeah, I didn't know anything about her. Like, I get she's his, his daughter and everything, but I want mm-hmm. to feel the relationship more between her and um, her pop up, Michael Douglas's character. Yeah, because they talked about how they were like kind of besties behind his back yeah and i feel like that should have been like a main thing then yeah and if they're that close then why to feel like the whole time she was already super close with scott lang and man even though he's missed all this time with her yeah i feel like there's there could have been a little bit more development in their relationship when right away they just felt like mm-hmm. father daughter which i i get they are yeah but like you get you get a lot of time with them together when she's little in the first two Ant man movies when she's a kid but then after the blip and she's all grown up and you see that in Endgame with – it's a different actress, but you see her all grown up and then that. But there is a lot of time that he missed, which I wish we got into more in the beginning of this movie. Because we think, got a hint of it. Yeah. But it wasn't a well-done scene. Uh-huh. And I think that's what you were talking about where certain parts of it needed more runtime while other parts could have been cut. The beginning is a perfect example of that because the beginning of the movie, they – they're in the quantum realm and like within it, it five, started. 10 minutes. Yeah. The first, maybe seven minutes. You don't get time for them to like establish what's been going on since the blip. And it's all done, you know, in kind of like the low parts of the action. Yeah. The movie. I, I will say, I thought Michelle Pfeiffer was awesome. Yeah. She was great. I, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I've had a crush on her. I think she was probably my sexual awakening <laughs> from Batman uh, returns. Uh huh. But man, she still got it. She's still just Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, no, she was great, and I think, I think the relationship between her and um, Michael Douglas's Hank Pym was that was nice, pretty good. And her and Evangeline Lilly didn't work for me. You didn't? I, I couldn't. Like it didn't feel like genuine. Yeah, I didn't think it was great, but I mean, I still like Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp and Hope Van Dyne. Yeah, no, she as the great. Wasp was great. Yeah, she's she's good in that character, but I can't see that she didn't. I don't know. I also yeah. didn't get the point of Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray's in this movie. That scene could have been cut, and I would have missed nothing. Yeah. I feel like just the way, like, you know the girl that runs, like, the the revolution? Yeah. She uh she brings up whatever. What's Janet's name? And Paul Rudd brings up. She's like, you know Janet? I feel like you could have done Bill Murray's scene just with them. Yeah. And that was enough. Because mm-hmm. she already knows that Evangeline Lily already realized that she's lying about something. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like you need Bill Murray to just be like, 
oh, the audience is too dumb to get this without me straight up saying yeah. <laughs> your mom's lying. Yeah, because the whole movie, it's Janet Van Dyme knows more than she's leading on because she has been in the quantum realm for, I don't know, who knows how many years, like 30, 30 years, years or so? Yeah, so she kind of knows everybody and she's, it's kind of that character who she knows everybody, but she doesn't want to tell, you know, the rest of the good guys that she knows everybody. It's kind of secret for her right now. And then... Yeah, I, I did like – I thought it was kind of funny with Bill Murray how, like, he obviously was bagging her in the quantum realm before she went back. Oh, yeah. He just doesn't try to hide it at all. It was one of the funnier parts in the movie. But I don't know. That whole scene just kind of felt like it was a way for them to get into that ship. Yeah, it was That, uh, that was kind of the point of the scene. Yeah. Did you know that uh, Patton Oswald's in this? Is he? Yeah. So it says Samuel Jackson's in it as Nick Fury too. Yeah, there's a lot of people in it. But uh I will say my biggest right with this movie right now is that they fucked Modoc. Yeah. They did Modoc very dirty. Terrible first time for him on screen. And most likely his last. Yeah. And nothing against Corey Stoll. I think that character was written horrendously in this movie. Yeah. I think the idea to make him Modoc, it it made sense. Yeah, I was okay be, with him playing it. Yeah, he would be trapped in the quantum realm, and it makes sense to have you know a connection between him and you know Modoc, and then Scott Lang. It makes sense to just have a connection, so there's already kind of something between the two characters. But it was just not well written. Modoc was the butt of every single joke. He wasn't he wasn't threatening in the movie at all. The only people he kills in the movie are unarmed people. Anytime he fights somebody who can actually fight back, he has no chance. No, and again, going to Kathleen Noon as uh, his daughter, she kicks his ass, and she doesn't even know how to fight. Yeah, immediately. And Modoc's supposed to be this weapon of mass destruction. That's like his only point is to kill. Yeah. And he, he, as you say, he only kills people running away, not even trying to fight them. Mm-hmm. He sucks at killing people. It's... Uh... It was just disappointing because Modoc is such a cool character who is Modoc's whole character is that, yeah, he is menacing. Like he can kill everything. That's the entire point of his existence. But in this movie, he's just a joke and he's just kind of, you know, he's Kang's lackey the whole time, which I kind of thought it, it makes sense that he would be working for Kang because Kang saved him. But yeah. I thought at one point he would maybe break away and kind of start doing his own thing, go against Kang and just kind of be on his own for a little bit. But it just never happens. No, and then his, like, hero arc. Yeah, his redemption was arc. dumb was... as fuck. Yeah. It was just a waste. There was no point of him being in this movie. Yeah, It I felt agree. completely useless. Yeah. What, just so we could get Catherine Newton tell him not to be a dick? It was just... Him being in this movie was just there to have a secondary villain who could get... Scott Lang and Cassie Lang to Kang. Because that's the only reason he's yeah. in this movie is when they're with the, you know, quantum realm people, whatever that tribe is. And then he gets them, he captures them, and brings them to Kang. That's really the only thing he does in the movie besides just be a joke. How has this movie already made 41 mil? It's been out one day. Yeah, it's just the Marvel name. And I mean, people are liking it on Rotten Tomatoes as an 84 audience Yeah, it has an 84 audience, audience source. And I mean, so, it has an 85 on Google. Yeah. I mean, I can see why people like this because it's, it's, it's just simple. Like, 
And that's not a diss to like anybody who likes it. I'm not calling you simple. I'm just saying this movie was, it didn't take many chances. The final battle was cool. Again, very safe it. though. Yeah, very safe. Nothing crazy happens. And with a character like And Gordon, I liked when Kang started fighting. Yeah. Like with his powers, but it was so short-lived. And this guy's supposed to, I get he's not the Kang. Like he's, he's kind of a more useless version of Kang. But still, he gets beat by ants. That's what you're going to. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole ant thing, too, like, the fact, I mean, it. I guess it made sense, because they can get stuck in a time, whatever the hell you call it, and live for centuries and be able to kind of evolve over time in the span of a day, but it just comes out, and then Hank Pym's like, oh, yeah, we got the ants back, and they're going to help us, and then they save the day at the end. It's not even Ant-Man who wins. It's the ants. It's the ants. Yeah. You know what's funny? All I could think about when he kept talking about how much he likes the ants was the first like promo video of them just doing the slap beat. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> That's all I yeah, could man. think about. Um so I'm disappointed in Google now. Mm-hmm. This has a higher score than the Batman does on Google. What does the Batman have? 81. Really? Yeah. Damn. What's the audience score for the Batman? Batman audience score is higher to an 87. All right, that's good. Batman Rotten Tomatoes critic score went up. It was down to an 83, now it's back to an 85. Yeah, I think this movie is just mostly missed potential. I think it sets up the rest of Marvel pretty well, I think, with Kang. I think, like I said before, if you don't know who Kang is, you're going to get a decent understanding, especially at the end with the post-credit scenes and stuff. But you just could have done so much more. You could have made him more menacing. I get it. You can't have Ant-Man beat Kang because then how is he going to be like an Avengers-level threat? Yeah. But at the same time... You're going to have Ants beat him? Yeah, you can't have Ants beat him. And I get that at the very end, he fights him without powers, and it's just a fist fight. Which, yeah, but Kang still whoops his ass. Yeah, which was a cool scene, because Kang yeah. does fucking destroy him. But, I mean, especially with MODOK, too. Just save MODOK for a different story. Don't have him be a secondary villain who does nothing. MODOK is a cool character. Yeah, He's not a joke. And I get, like, with the design, too... They it, went for it. They went for the giant. Oh, they face. tried. But the second it got revealed, the whole theater just laughed. Well, because it was so ridiculous, and I even said it. All I could think about was George Lopez and Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, I mean, Modoc was the joke the entire movie. The guy in front of us was dying. The whole, every time Modoc was, was on screen, ridiculous. he was cracking up. Yeah, and he should have been more messed up in the face. He should have been. He should have been like deformed. Yeah, have it been like scars or something, or just I, I don't even know. Just. Make him cooler, you know? And I get the mask was more comic accurate, but just make that his face. I, I did like the mask. I thought that I, he looked good with, when his mask was down. Yeah. I just didn't like him once it didn't come, once it did come down. Yeah. I think you just went too far in with having it be, um, what's his name's face? Because it, it's not even like they try to make a MODOK. It's just straight up Corey Stoll's face. Just big. I think if you're going to go for MODOK, you got to do... Give him, like, the hair on the top and make it, like, a bowl cut, basically. That's kind of what yeah. it is. Just kind of can't see it. And have, like, the white eyes and real scrunched up face, big teeth. You know, you can make MODOK cool. They just didn't even try. They just did it a giant face. Yeah, it was not good. Do you want to hear a one-star review about it? Yeah. This is uh, Electra Davis. This is a one out of five. This movie is a disaster, on par with Tom Brady's unretirement. 
I am not a diehard comic fan, but I did spend a period about six years ago in every Marvel movie with my son. So it gives me it gives me no joy to watch the franchise devour and eliminate its legacy. I don't even know which of their planned phases Marvel Studios is in at this point, but I hope to God this is the last. No one forced me to watch this movie or any, or any that may follow, but I feel compelled by empathy to share with fellow viewers that they will be paying $15 to see and... 15 plus dollars to see, including the limit of Paul Rudd's seamless, seemingly endless charm. Likewise, Jonathan Major's considerable, considerable acting talent. Neither is strong enough to carry this bloated whale carcass. That's it. Yeah. I think that's fair. They they put a lot of stuff, they put a lot of characters in the, into this movie, a lot of ideas, and they were all undercooked. And I think it's just the script. Yeah, no, I think the script really fails. All, yeah. the ca- all the actors i think the directing was done well like you said cinematography it looked good it just there was nothing to like there was nothing to get into there wasn't like a good story no it felt very meh yeah like i feel like you would have a good scene and then you have four scenes that like i was like why is the point of this even in the movie yeah it i think they just wanted to kind of show off more and have it be like Oh, it's Ant-Man. Let's make it funny again. And yeah, Ant-Man's a funny character. I like the funny Ant-Man movies. But this one, like, if you're going to make a funny movie, don't have MODOK. I know. I thought... I don't get it. No, you can go ahead. This feels like... So I feel like going into Ant-Man 3, everyone kept... They kept telling us, like, oh, this is a different... This is a much more adult Ant-Man movie. Like, this is darker, less comedic. Like, this is a serious movie. Yeah. And I was getting excited for that. I thought that we were going to get like a Ragnarok. Like the first two Thors are very like hokey, whatever. Yeah. And I thought this one was going to be like set, like get like a 90. It was going to be some great yeah. sci-fi epic. And then it felt more like Love and Thunder did where they kind of just made Paul Rudd useless. Mm-hmm. And they made just like how they made Thor useless in Love and Thunder. He, it just felt so lazy. Yeah, it didn't feel like there was like made out of love for this character. Mm-hmm. Like the first Ant Man feels like it's made out of love for the character of Ant Man. Yeah, and like they did him justice. Even the second one, which isn't adored by everyone, I know you're not a huge fan of it. Yeah, but that one's still like, it's still you still love Ant Man after watching that movie. Mm-hmm. This one, I, I'm kind of hoping they don't make another one, solo yeah. movie. I agree, and I think like you said about Ragnarok. Ragnarok is, it's a good point to like, kind of base this movie off of like. You can make Ant-Man funny, like Thor's funny in that movie. But at a certain point, like Ragnarok does, you have to have him be at, you know, just rock bottom. Like, Thor gets his eye cut out. And from that point on, it's really not that funny anymore. It gets super serious. This movie has points where it's serious, and then it gets jokey again. And then it gets serious in the last, like, five minutes when you could have made the whole final battle serious. Yeah. It's not. Especially with MODOK. I mean... When Modoc dies, dude, I the guy in front of us literally fell out of his chair laughing, and he wasn't laughing because it was funny. He, I think he was laughing like this is ridiculous. Yeah, like it wasn't good. He's it, like, it's up there with the dance spider, the dancing Spider Man scene for me. Like I think that Modoc death scene was horrible. Yeah, like I did not find it funny. Yeah, when he was like, "Am I an Avenger now?" Like, dude, shut up. Like I thought this was gonna be like. I was expecting so much more out of this movie, and I think that's why I'm so mad about it. Because mm-hmm. I expected so much better out of it. Yeah. And I really thought that that Kang, not not to take away from the scene, 
I thought Kang and Ant Man's fist fight was gonna be like an epic, like that was gonna be the final battle. Yeah. It was really like five minutes. And not those even. those five minutes were great. Yeah, not even. That was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. It was good. But I kind of didn't feel like nervous at all for him. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, he's gonna win this. Somehow he's gonna win, even though he can barely land a punch on him. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the fight's over, like you could see how beat up he was during the fight. Like he was hobbling. Yeah. If like as soon as the fight was over, he was fine. Yeah. And I was I, I don't know. I I just really did not enjoy it. Yeah. I'm just sad. I think the problem is that they're just the great Marvel movies are good because you can tell everyone involved loved the comics, the, especially yeah. the writers. You have the Russo bros who love them. James Gunn with the Guardians movies loves the comics. And uh, Taika Waititi even, I think, really likes the Thor comics. And, you know, Ragnarok was great. Love and Thunder, not so much, but... Trash. Yeah. I think this one, especially you see it in MODOK, is just... They obviously didn't read the comics. They don't know who MODOK is. And I'm not one of those guys who's like, it has to be just like the comics. I, Iron Man 3. I like the... the um, What's his name? Twist. Oh, the Mandarin twist. Yeah, I don't mind that because it fits that style of this movie. But I think Modoc just didn't fit what this movie was trying to go for. Because you can tell they kind of tried to go for something more serious, but every character is a joke. Yeah. It just, what they tried to go for, they just completely failed at. No, I, I completely agree. And that's why I wish, that's why I hate seeing audience scores so high. Because, yeah, I get like people are probably enjoying it. And I'm not taking away from their enjoyment. But when Marvel, all they look at is they see the audience score and how much money this movie's going to make. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can get away with keep doing this. Mm-hmm. When I think the best Marvel movies are the ones that are darker in tone, more serious stories. Yeah. And even No Way Home, there's laughs throughout No Way Home. Mm-hmm. No Way Home gets dark. Yeah, he gets and that shit kicked out of Yeah, and like that, the apartment fight sequence is one of the best Marvel sequences. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that Marvel would understand that like, yeah, you guys are going to keep making money probably just because now it's it's more not the character that people are going to see. It's, oh, I have to see this because I need to know what's going on. And they have the headline Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios is whatever. This yeah. is Ant-Man. And, but it's become much more of just an IP to them at this point instead of like a creative universe because I yeah. feel like no one's taking chances. Yeah. And I think the thing with taking chances – as well like that is a good point you need to take more chances but i think also make every hero's you know set of movies whether it's going to be one or two or three or four whatever you want to do make them distinct like you see they tried to go for that for for thor the first two thor movies didn't work and then they take with td switched it up and ragnarok is great you know love and thunder not so much but then this one you can switch it up a little bit I get you kept Peyton, Peyton Reed the whole time, but you got a different writer for this one. It's a totally different movie. It feels complete. It looked different. It felt different. Yeah. And I'm agreeing. I agree with what you just said, how you everyone's movie should feel different. Yeah. Like with Captain America, too. I get the first Captain America. It kind of needs to feel different because it's way back in World War yeah. Two. Then the next one's Winter Soldier and Civil War. It's both the Russo brothers, and they yeah. both have a very distinct feel to them. Same thing with the Iron Man movies. Maybe, you know, three Iron doesn't Man... feel much like one and two did. Yeah, but, that's but I think it's better record. than two. Yeah, I agree. But it still has a feel over the three that's different from everyone else's. Yeah. While Ant Man three feels much similar to Love and Thunder. Yeah. 
Ant-Man 3 and Love and Thunder, like most of the more recent Marvel movies, excluding Wakanda Forever, because that is very much... Um, yeah, and I would Ryan say No Way Home still feels like its own Yeah, that story. feels like a John Watts movie. But the other ones, it's just kind of getting lazy. They're getting very samey. They're getting complacent. Yeah. They're just sticking to a formula, and they're not trying to hide it. Because every Marvel movie sticks to the Marvel formula. Yeah, they're to these... a point they have to follow it, but like you can still... like. No Way Home follows the Marvel formula, but yeah. does it in this like epic, yeah, exactly. darker story. Yeah, they they do a good job of hiding it and making it their own movie while still following the formula. These ones aren't hiding it at all. No. It's just point A, point B, point C, movie's done. And they're not taking any chances, really. No, I, I'm just I just I'm just disappointed. And I'll and I don't love uh Doctor Strange 2. Like I don't. I talked about I said it was the most disappointing of the movie of the year for me. However, they still took chances, and I'll, I'll give Sam Raimi credit. He went for his own style. Yeah. Like, if that was a Sam Raimi movie that happened to take place in the MCU. Yeah. This felt like Kevin Feige was like, oh, this and this and this. Like, it didn't feel like Peyton Reed really had say, because mm-hmm. it didn't feel anything like the first two. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, also another thing, this is kind of like, it's been happening more and more. But keep the fucking masks on the superheroes, dude. I get it. Paul Rudd just won Sexiest Man Alive. Doesn't mean he has to take his mask off in the middle of the battle, Agreed. dude. Agreed. Like, they do it every time. And I get it. Like, you want to show the actor's face. But, I, I mean, it's a superhero movie. I don't I don't come to watch Paul Rudd. I come I, to watch Ant-Man. Yeah. Keep the mask on. Just, you know. It's just the little things like that in this movie that just. Like, I'm okay with Kang that. taking his off. Because that's, yeah. that's a lot. That's different. But, like, again, I know The Advanced Spider-Man 2 is not a good movie. I get that. Mm-hmm. When he only – in the Peter suit, he – in not in the Peter suit. In the Spider-Man suit, he only has his mask off twice. Yeah. And that's what I like. Stop taking your goddamn mask off. We're yeah. watching Spider-Man. We're watching Ant-Man. We're not watching Paul Rudd, Andrew Garfield. We're watching these movies for the character. Yeah. Not for us to see them. Paul mm-hmm. – I because I, I'm agreeing with what Anthony Mackie and Quinn Darren Tuesday. They're not movie stars. These characters are stars. Yeah. We're not going. It's not like seeing True Lies for Arnold or seeing Rambo for Sylvester Stallone. We're mm-hmm. seeing these movies for these characters, and you taking the mask off takes us out of the character. Yeah, I agree. Whenever we rip on movies, we really we really go full-fledged into it. I hope my oxys aren't making me <laughs> crazy. Oh, let's clear that up. You had surgery, that's why you're on oxys. Oh yeah, yeah. If you guys, not, yeah, if you guys skipped our intro, I'm, I just got surgery done, so I'm not just taking. You're not just popping oxys, right? Um, is there anything else you want to add? No, I think it's this movie was just all right. Like it could have been so much better. They just didn't take enough chances, and the chances they did take were okay. I thought Kang was really good, and I thought. Michelle Pfeiffer, Janet Van Dyme, it was she was well acted, but the script was just so undercooked. There was nothing to like latch on to. And if you want to watch this movie to just watch stuff happen and just watch action, yeah, you'll enjoy this movie. But if you want into this looking for a good superhero story and something to like sink your teeth in and pay attention to, this isn't it's yeah, we not didn't great. get that. Yeah. And uh, I will say, didn't put up fan questions. So all we have left is a suggestion of the week. Gotcha. How? I just don't understand. 
We're 85 episodes in. How do you not remember? I don't remember a lot of things. You don't. I will not hold that against you. I'm going to recommend One Piece. Longest running anime of all time. It has over 1,075 episodes. It's a very funny show. If you're not a huge anime person, I think One Piece fits for everyone because it's not crazy anime hentai girls and stuff like that it's very simple it's really just about a bunch of friends becoming pirates yeah and the one kid has like mr fantastic powers and yeah it's on hulu it's very funny highly recommend cool um if i recommended the grand budapest hotel no all right that's an easy one go watch that it's a great movie great wes anderson movie all wes anderson movies are great yeah but yeah that's all we really have i should have recommended an Edgar Wright movie because he should have directed these. We were movies. robbed. Would have been so great. Um, go watch the Cornetto trilogy. All three are great. They're very good movies. Very good. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning into this episode and our review of Ant-Man 3, Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania. Make sure to check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, all the social medias. Ryan, is there anything you want to add before we get going? I think I'm pretty good. Okay, next episode will be Raiders. We'll be, we will be having Raiders of the Lost podcast on to rank the top 10 animes and movies of all time. And later in the in the following weekend will be our Oscars episode. Yeah. Yeah. So stick around. We have a lot of cool episodes coming up, and we will see you guys next week. Yep. Yeah.